Hi, Pastor Woods here. I sure hope that you're having a good time getting ready for Christmas. And I hope you haven't lost the significance of what we're celebrating. This is the time that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God sent his Son into the world so that you and I might be able to be forgiven of our sins and have a home in heaven for all eternity with him. Praise God. I, I want to talk today about what if God were Scrooge? I guess you could say, oh, bah humbug. Have you stopped to consider what an awesome story the real Christmas story is, telling us how God worked out all the details so that Jesus could be born at just the right time, in just the right place, under just the right circumstances? I mean, God used pagan rulers and pagan governments to fulfill his prophecies. It was a greater thing than anything that Mission Impossible on TV could think up. Talk about moving heaven and earth to accomplish his will. Let's look again at the miraculous account Luke gave us. He says in Luke chapter 2, 1 through 20, At that time the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. Because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you'll recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard. It was just as the angel had told them. You know, when you think about it, you can't find anything more exciting than, than that story. 
God, the creator, the ruler of the universe, decided to become entwined in man's need of a savior. When people find that savior, their lives are changed completely. Today, I want to talk about a bitter old man whose life was changed because of Christmas. Charles Dickens' story, A Christmas Carol, is one of my favorite secular Christmas stories. I enjoy old Scrooge stomping through Christmas shouting, Bah, humbug! There's a grain elevator between Hermiston and Boardman, Oregon that every year puts a lighted sign on top of their huge grain bin that says in huge letters, Bah, humbug! Scrooge is, you know, selfish, mean, uncaring, stingy, completely unfair to his employee, poor Bob Cratchit. I enjoy how Scrooge changed after his rough night. The story doesn't indicate that Scrooge found salvation, but something very similar happened. I got to thinking, what if God were like Ebenezer Scrooge, stomping through the heavens, withholding his blessings from us, what if every time we asked for something, he'd answer, Bah, humbug. Don't worry, he doesn't, and he doesn't respond in that way for anything. In fact, God is so into Christmas, he sent Jesus to rescue us from sin and give us eternal life. What a wonderful Christmas gift God has given us. A gift to satisfy every longing for now and throughout eternity. I heard about two boys who stayed overnight at their grandma's house. They said their bedtime prayers, and the youngest one prayed at the top of his voice, I pray for a Thomas the Tank Engine train set. I pray for an electric scooter. I pray for a new Spider-Man action figure. Well, his brother whispered, Why are you shouting? God isn't deaf. Little brother said, No, but grandma is. You know, we have traditions that make Christmas seem more like Christmas. To me, coming from the Northwest, it included snow and cold, dreary weather. It was so unique when we moved to Phoenix the first time, and I tried to celebrate Christmas in the malls and in the sunshine and in the warm weather. The first Christmas dinner that we had here was on our patio with a temperature near 80 degrees. I even went swimming that day, Christmas day. For me, Christmas lacked something without Scrooge. Ebenezer Scrooge was a mean, intimidating old man who lived to make money. He had no patience for religion or sentimentality, especially no patience for Christmas. One Christmas Eve, Ebenezer got a terrifying wake-up call. His dead business partner, Jacob Marley, visited him. Marley had been a, a miser, just like Scrooge. He'd been condemned to roam the earth, tormented by values that he neglected in his life, condemned to drag long chains that he'd forged in life. He warned Scrooge to avoid the same fate. This was Scrooge's last opportunity to turn from his selfish, greedy ways to turn from his materialistic, money-making business and make humanity his business. Marley warned Scrooge to be that he would be visited by three ghosts that night, the ghost of Christmas past, present, and future. This was Scrooge's second chance. 
The real Christmas story is about God giving humanity a second chance after Adam and Eve blew the first chance. Now let's explore the ghosts of the Christmas past, present, and future to rediscover uh, the God of second chances. The ghost of Christmas past took Scrooge back through time to confront him with the pain and agony of his Christmases gone by. Scrooge was a, saw a schoolroom. A little boy sat alone by the fire. His only companion was the book that he was reading. Scrooge remembered his rejection because his father blamed him for his mother's death while giving him birth. Scrooge remembered all the Christmases when other children went home. He was left alone. He remembered his loneliness and pain. He longed for friends and love and acceptance by his family. The spirit wished him to see his former fiancée, Belle, a woman he had loved, but who became a poor second to his passion for wealth. A golden idol displaces me, she complained to him from the past. As they traveled from Christmas to Christmas, Scrooge was faced with his broken relationships, rejections, and loneliness. Most of us have Christmases we'd rather forget. Thousands of people are like Scrooge, finding it hard to celebrate Christmas because of failed relationships in their past. Because of painful memories, broken families, broken friendships, too much pain and loss, too much rejection. Yet Christmas is a time of hope and joy, a time of reconciliation. There's a Christmas past that echoes through the pages of history whose timeless message haunts every Christmas present. If we travel back to revisit that first Christmas over 2,000 years ago, and gaze at Jesus lying in a manger, our Christmas fears and disappointments would vanish. We would find hope. Then that night Jesus was born, an angel announced to shepherds that a Savior had been born. Good news for all people, young, old, rich, and poor, Jews and Gentiles, you and me. God took on flesh and stepped into history to save us from the consequences of sin. You know, his birth can wipe our past clean. Our pain, sorrows, rejection, broken relationships, hurts, they're all wrapped in, in his love for us. And where it says in John 3:16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth him should not perish but have everlasting life. I remember when Tammy was little, she would say for his only forgotten son. And I'd try to correct her, but I think she has some insights there that we need to think about today in this age. Well, God has promised, you know, to give us a, a, a life of forgiveness and love and make us part of his family. That's the promise of Christmas past. That's the hope from the God of second chances. The go then we go to the ghost of Christmas present. Uh, this ghost showed up after the God of Christmas or the the ghost of Christmas past left. It's obvious Scrooge was a product of his history, his Christmases that were gone by. The second spirit, the ghost of Christmas present, shows Scrooge what his life was like now. 
He saw the home of his employee, Bob Cratchit, where despite the poverty, the home was filled with joy, compassion, and love. As the Cratchits sit down to their humble Christmas dinner, Bob Cratchit toasts his greedy, selfish, miserly boss, the one responsible for his poverty. Scrooge asked who the little crippled boy was at the table. They learned that was Tiny Tim, Bob's youngest son. Scrooge was shown the home of his nephew. I should say that Tiny Tim was crippled and was sick and didn't look like he was going to have too much longer to live. Scrooge then was shown the home of his nephew, the only one with any affection for Scrooge, even though his affection was totally unwarranted. For years, this nephew had invited Scrooge to share Christmas with him and his wife. For years, Scrooge rejected his invitation. Still, the nephew invited, still wanted to make Uncle Scrooge feel like maybe somebody cared. The ghost of Christmas present revealed that Scrooge, what Scrooge had become. His callous heart, how he ignored poverty and the needs of those around him, his disregard and disdain for humanity. He tried to justify himself by the money that he had earned and his success, that's in quotes, but in things that really mattered, he was nothing, he, and he had nothing. The ghost of Christmas present showed him, even though he's utterly hard-headed, bitter, and twisted, seemingly beyond redemption, others still loved him and hadn't given up on him. That would be his nephew and his wife. That's the promise of, Christmas, promise of Christmas present. Every Christmas, we are reminded that no matter how bad, selfish, greedy, rebellious, or how we have rejected God, God loves us and never gives up on us. Christmas is supposed to be a time of love, joy, peace, and goodwill. Scrooge was so self-centered and bitter and he'd completely lost sight of that. We often fall into the same trap, neglecting what's important and seeing money and what money can buy as the answer to our problems. If we're not careful, the Scrooge spirit can hijack our Christmas, turning our celebration into materialism and totally missing God's purpose. Christmas, or, or Christ Mass, is exactly what it says, a holy celebration to Christ. Christmas stopped being about Christ a long time ago. Now it's self-indulgence, self-indulgence, extravagance, materialism, and money. It's about me and mine. One of the big phrases used in advertising is, you deserve it. The real Christmas story just as the opposite. Christmas is about Christ who left his riches and glory to be born in a stable, laid in a manger, and wrapped in swaddling clothes. Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve. That's the certainty of Christmas presents. This final spirit that came, the final ghost, of, of, was the ghost of Christmas future. He had no face, he didn't speak. He merely took Scrooge back to the Cratchit family, now worn down by their struggle against poverty, and now without Tiny Tim, who had died for the lack of proper medical care. 
Then the spirit took Scrooge to the house of a man who died in his sleep. Scrooge kept asking, who is it? A maid and a cleaner were dividing his belongings before the undertaker arrived. Two men in the street were discussing whether to hold a funeral service since they said no one would bother to come. Again, Scrooge asked, who is this man? The spirit led him to a grave. The headstone read, Ebenezer Scrooge. It's a chilling reminder that no one lives forever. Life is brief. First Chronicles 2.15 says, We are here for only a moment. Visitors and strangers in the land of our ancestors were before us. Our days on earth are like a passing shadow, gone so soon without a trace. Suddenly, Scrooge understood that he had to change. It was now or never. He had been a penny-pinching, mean, hateful, self-centered old miser, and no one wanted anything to do with him. In fact, most of the people in his own family hated him. All he had worked for would be stolen, even the curtains from his bed. No one would attend his funeral. No one even cared if he lived or died. He would die miserable and alone. His life would count for nothing. Maybe you relate, but the promise of Christmas past and the certainty of Christmas present means your Christmas future isn't written yet. Jesus can transform you and make you a new creation. He can take away your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. The best news of Christmas is we can learn from the past and change our present so that we'll have a better future. What happened in your past doesn't need to defeat you because God came as a baby to give you a better future. To Scrooge, the ghost of Christmas future was the most frightening. We fear the future because we're frightened of the unknown. When we remember that first Christmas when God was born as a baby, we can look forward to the most wonderful Christmas in the future when Jesus Christ will come again. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of an archangel, with a trumpet call of God. First, the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. Then, together with them, we who are still alive remain on the earth and be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. Praise God, what a wonderful thought. One day, Christ will take his people home. That's the hope of Christmas future. At the heart of a Christmas carol lies Scrooge's transformation. Through his encounter with Christmas past, present, and future, Scrooge changed from a selfish, greedy, bitter old man to a grateful, generous, compassionate man. He was confronted by the reality of who he was and where he was headed. He responded by repenting and changing his ways and his destiny. Sounds like a, a conversion to me. Jesus invites you to do the same. He is waiting to forgive you your sins and to make you part of his family, anticipating the wonders that we can't even imagine waiting for us in heaven. What better time than Christmas to receive Christ's forgiveness, to renew your faith and rebuild your friendships? There's a Scrooge side in all of us that needs repentance. 
The good news of Christmas is we can forget the past, change the now, and build a better future. It's not too late to change. Philippians 3, 13 and 14 says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. Whatever has happened in your past, you can have a better future. Scrooge sees the opportunity to make his life count. I doubt the ghosts of Christmas will visit you, but you'll be visited by God's Holy Spirit. This Christmas and every Christmas, God is trying to, to call you to be one of his own because God never stops reaching out to you. The Holy Spirit points to the only path for a second chance, for a new life. Jesus isn't just one of many paths to heaven. He's the only path. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. So I would urge you, invite him into your life. Repent of your sins. Ask him to be your savior. He's invited you to accept his salvation. And remember, he's not Scrooge. He will meet your needs, and he will never say, Bah humbug. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for Christmas and for what it means to each one of us. I pray, God, that you help each one of us to realize that it's more than just the, the parties and the celebration, the food, the tinsel, and all these other things, Lord, that it is really to remind us that you loved us so much that you stepped into history you became a human being. You took our sins upon yourself. You died for us because we couldn't do anything about the sin. We couldn't die for our own sins without going to hell. And so thank you, Lord, that you've lifted that curse if we accept you as our Lord and Savior. Help each one that's hearing my voice today take time to pray and ask you to come into their lives, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, you know how to get hold of me. My uh, email address is lowercase R-E-V-W-M-W-W-O-O-D-S at gmail.com. You can write to me at Box 4031, Sun Valley, Arizona, 86029. And I want to say thank you to those who have helped support this ministry. You have no idea how you've helped us through this time. And I have some expenses coming, but I know that God is going to take care of it for us. And I praise God for using you. I want you to have a very Merry Christmas and know how much I love each one of you. In God's name.